Good morning, and welcome to Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Maura Z, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, September 13, 2017, and we are reading from the big book. We are on page 97, and we will be reading five paragraphs. Starting with the second paragraph, we seldom allow an alcoholic through page 98, ending with the second paragraph, ending with trust in God and clean house. Reference numbers for yesterday. The 7 a.m. share ID was 10414. 10414. And yesterday's 10 a.m. share ID, 10416. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who will still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now ask Patricia M.S. to read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Good morning, uh, Team Wednesday. My name is Patricia M.S., a recovering food addict and compulsive overeater from Alabama, uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, Patricia MS. Alexa, You're welcome. Thank you. 
I will now ask Alexis H. to read the 12 traditions of OA. Good morning. Am I coming through clearly? Yes, thank you. This is Alexis H., compulsive overeater in Michigan. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Alexis. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify (coughs) as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the person speaking, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're on page 97, starting with the second paragraph that starts... We seldom allow an alcoholic. We're going to read through five paragraphs, ending on page 98, with the second paragraph that ends with, Trust in God and clean house. Excuse me. I will now ask Carmela G. to get us started with reading. Carmela, star one, please. Carmela, star one. Good morning. This is Carmela G. from New York. 
We seldom allow an alcoholic to live in our homes for long at a time. It is not good for him, and it sometimes creates serious complications in a family. Though an alcoholic does not respond, there is no reason why you should neglect his family. You should continue to be friendly to them. The family should be offered your way of life. Should they accept and practice spiritual principles, there is a much better chance that the head of the family will recover. And even though he continues to drink, the family will find life more bearable. For the type of alcoholic who is able and willing to get well, little charity in the ordinary sense of the word is needed or wanted. The men who cry for money and shelter before conquering alcohol are on the wrong track. Yet we do go to great extremes to provide each other with these very things when such action is warranted. This may seem inconsistent, but we think it is not. It is not the matter of giving that is in the question, but when and how to give. That often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on a service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. He clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. Nonsense. Some of us have taken very hard knocks to learn this truth. Job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trust in God and clean house. Wow. This was a mouthful here. And um, it really is, when you read it and dissect it, it's lessons for life. Because it means we have to have balance, a fine line before we can succeed in life. If we give too much and we make the person dependent on us, that won't work. Because as addicts, as alcoholics, overeaters, food, drug, alcohol, whatever the substance, we are selfish beings. We think, give it to me, give it to me, help me, oh, wah, wah, wah. And we look for others to make sacrifice. But in reality, if we connect, if we plug in to a higher power and believe in a power greater than ourselves 
and trust in that power, we will recover. And that is step one. Powerlessness, but we must do the work. God will love us. God will will provide, but we have to get up and chop the wood. And our only reliance, I had a sponsee say to me, I heard that no matter who sponsors me, could be a monkey, I will recover if I'm willing to do the work and trust and a power greater than myself. And that is true. We don't need that special sponsor. We don't need all things to be in alignment, including the sun, the moon, and the stars. And everything has to be in order before we can stop. In our disease minds, we think that. But in recovery, we need one thing. We need to surrender and we need to be willing to do the work. Thank you for allowing me to do this service, and I pass. Thank you, Carmelli. Thank you, Carmelli. There seems to be a little bit of an echo. Okay, let's try this. Let's try this. No, there's still an echo. No, there's still an echo. If um. Okay, if you would please, um, okay, who would like to share on what was read today? And if you would please just list Charles your name H. one time, and then Black I'll write M. down as fast as I can. Harlan Charles H. and Matt Camille M. G. Camille G. Camille G. Melissa C. Melissa R. Melissa C. Nessa R. Hang on. Harlan G. Hang on. Melissa C. Nessa R. Kim G. Uh, I'm sorry, say again. Kim G. Kim G. Amanda B. Amanda B. I heard Harlan, and we're going to stop there. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how many people I missed, and I, I please forgive me, but this is what I have so far. Charles H., Matt M., Camille C., or was that Carmela G.? Camille, Camille G., Camille G. Thank you. Melissa C. Nessa R. Kim G. Amanda B. And Harlan G. And um, the issue with the um, the echo might very well be speakerphone. So um, if you're not Charles H., please star one. And when it's your turn, please do not use a speakerphone. Thank you very much. Charles H., please get us started. Thank you, Maura Z. These, these next 48 hours are going to be so anxiety-ridden. I'm just, good morning, sweetie, but I'm so grateful. Um, thank you. Charles H. A recovered compulsive overeater. Um, so much stuff to unpack here. It ain't going to get done in three minutes. But uh, the only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. And we're in working with others, so I, I'm going to go out on a limb and make an assumption that he's going to, He's going to help others because um, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's the main goal, right? That's what, Doc, that's what Bill W. Um, stated, what Dr. Silkworth stated out of uh, based on his 
experience of the suffering of our members who have recovered. That was the formula. Um, somebody's unmuted. I love you, but I don't love you that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, I hear ruffling of papers. I, I don't do that to you. Please don't do that to me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please, and I know my three minutes ain't up yet, so fall back a little bit. I hear ruffling. Moderator, could you hold that down, please? Because that's, that's violation. I'm sorry. I have no control over that except to do as you just did, um, uh, Charles. And please, if you're not Charles A., check your phone. Please press star one. Your phone. Go ahead, Charles. We're gonna, Thank you. We're, we're going to take care of your time. All right, thanks. I also like that other statement where it says he clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol until his material needs are cared for. I like that, that one-word sentence. Nonsense. Like, your family might not even come back. Like, you don't need that Like that condition. The only condition is because I, I can call, recall out of my own experience, like, going, going to a, a rehab, oh, let me tell the driver, just stop. Let me get one more rock. One more. Let me smoke one more rock. And you know what? Uh, coming out of that rehab, three rehabs later, it was always one more rock. Just like, you know, but, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know, when when um people come to me and be like, hey, how do you put the food down? I don't know. I, I just share how I did it out of experience. You know, I went to conventions ordering takeout. So I can't tell you how to put the food down. All I know is um I had to be clear, and then I had to trust God clean house and help others and with no con with, with no uh expectations if i want to um if i want to uh you know what i'm gonna close i'm just so distracted thank you very much for your service moderator thank you charles h i appreciate that and yes please again you may think you're muted but a simple star one the line will tell you if you are muted or unmuted and then you can correct it i appreciate everyone's cooperation on this Matt, is it possible to clear the line? Okay, let's try this again. Madam, it's your turn, followed by Camille G. Can you hear me, Maura? Yes, Matt, I can. Thank you, Maura, for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Madam from Pulse New Jersey. I was one of those people who didn't think I could recover if I didn't have a place to live. I moved in with a friend of mine over just uh, over a little over a year. I moved in with her. I moved out in March, and uh, things were going good. But then I got dependent on living in her home. I got dependent on her for my recovery. She became my everything, my sponsor, my everything, and I forgot that the program was there for me to re to work the steps and to get a sponsor and recover. And uh, I got so complacent, and I got to the point where I started stealing food from her in her home, from her kids and from her family. And um, I luckily I never stole money from her, thank God. I did, I did from other friends, but I stole $100 bills here and there from friends in the, in the past. And uh, luckily for me right now, I paid that money back. I don't have to really, really realize that I can get recovered if I, even if I'm homeless, you know. But um, by the grace of God, today, I do have a roof over my head. I'm paying my rent on time. That's the first thing that gets paid every month. Then my phone, so I cannot contact the media and call in. 
And my priorities are starting to get a little more straighter, even though I'm still struggling with the food. I'm not letting myself put myself down below the the eight ball. I'm doing the best I can with what I've been given, and it's not easy. But I'm starting to realize what it means. Like he says, you don't have to have a job. You don't have to have money. You don't have to have a home. You don't have to have a home to be able to get work on work on your recovery. And I, I realized that for the first time. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt M. Camille G., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Good morning. This is Camille G. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Hi, thank you very much, and and thank you for clearing the line. What I'd like to hone in on is what's on page 98, the sentence that says, we simply do not stop drinking as long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependence on God. Um, I've been in OA for over 25 years, and I just finished working the Steps Through Vision with a sponsor who made use of Voxer. Um, and Voxer is a um, it's an application where I communicate with her through a recording, and she communicates back through her recording. And at first, I thought it was absurd because of the lack of personal content, uh, person-to-person um interaction. However, the lesson that it taught me uh, it was such a beautiful lesson was that clearly it's about my dependence on God and not my dependence on another human being. So in, with working with her over three or four months, that was basically drummed into me by action, by my action and by my willingness to just follow it the way it was laid out to me to be followed without putting my thinking on it and making any changes so it would work for me. Um, So I have become so much dependent upon God. Um, I still have my group of people I can reach out to. However, my dependence 24-7 is clearly on God. And what it has done for me is it's built my trust in God like it has never been built before. And it has caused me this just wonderful glow within my being. Um, and this wonderful recovery that I am um, just eternally grateful for. So thank you all for who are listening, and thank you for your service. I pass. Thank you, Camille G. Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C., Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in New York. Thank you so much for your service. And um you know, what it kind of makes me laugh because only an addict, you know, whose life is unraveling would say, all right, when my life gets back together again, then I can, then I can recover. Like, we come here because, um, because we're a mess. So it's crazy to think, well, when everything gets straightened out, then I'll be able to attend to getting my addiction under control. And that's human power. I have no ability to put my, anything under control and so the messier my life is like that's the more important it is to work these steps and i mean and that's what happened you know for me that when i really um came in i was i was a physical mess and um i needed to have uh, at the time i needed to have a hysterectomy and um and you know and and so people would say all right well when you're feeling better then you'll work on yourself. And, you know, I was feeling sick because I, because I needed this recovery. I needed this program. And, 
you know, what what I found was incredible was all the time I was recovering um, from my surgery, I had um, weeks that I was home recovering. Um, I was working. I was working um, the steps, and I was working on my spiritual solution. And I needed to rely on God because a lot of the day I was home alone, and I was home alone in the house. That there was food. I mean, I have I have children. I I was not. I did not rid my house of food, and so it was so different from every other time that I had embarked on this great diet where I rid my environment of everything that bothered me and I put my focus solely on me. Um, that was not what happened for me this time. It was, I was sick, I was, I was in need, and, um, and I put my reliance on God. And one of the greatest gifts um, was my sponsor was not available to me 24-7. Our schedules were not exactly lined up. Um, and so I was prompted right away to, um, yeah, to get a connection with a higher power and, um, and to get a connection with many other people. And for me, that's what helped me find a, a connection with God. I needed a lot of God in skin. And so we don't wait for everything to fall in place. You know, like you, you can't wait till you get the job you want to recover because if you had that, then there'd be no necessity to recover. And um, thank you with that all pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Nessa Art is your turn, followed by Kim G. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And uh, Melissa just shared what I wanted to share, except she did it in a much more eloquent, eloquent way than I would have. But I, too, uh, focused on uh, the passage, job or no job, wife or no wife, who simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people um, or circumstances, I would say, too, um, ahead of dependence upon God. You know, I was full of excuses. I was full of excuses. You know, I said, you know, okay, once the holidays are over, I will start my diet. When I submit this project by the deadline, I will start a project. Uh, when I get the job, I'll start the project. When, you know, I mow the grass, I'll start, uh, I mean, I'll start the, the diet. And, you know, it was always later, 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 and later never came. Um, and the reason for that um, is stated in step one. You know, we admitted we were powerless over food and our lives have become unmanageable. You know, my life is unmanageable because I am in active full-blown addiction. Um, you know, so if I wait for my life to, um, to become manageable for me to deal with my addiction, I get into, uh, into a vicious cycle, you know. Um, I'm in active addiction because my life is unmanageable and my life is unmanageable because I'm in active addiction. It will never happen. And definitely that was my experience. I was always waiting for um, external circumstances to be favorable to me. Um, you know, according to what I wanted. And of course that never happened. And I, I, you know, I just struggled along, you know, for four and a half decades. I just, for four and a half decades, um, you know, the only requirements for me to recover are, are really two. It's really steps one and step, and steps one and two. 
you know, I have to admit to my innermost self that I am, I have always been, and I always will be a compulsive overeater. And therefore, I need to put down the food entirely. And the second, because nothing really can happen until, until I do that. Every time I pick up the food, what I'm saying is, oh, I can control this thing. I'm not powerless. The second thing is I have to believe that God can and will restore me to sanity because if I don't believe that, there's no point in me continuing with the rest of the program. But if I do believe that, then I embark on the steps and I recover. So it doesn't matter that I don't have the job. It doesn't matter that I'm in the midst of the Jewish holidays. It doesn't matter that um, I'm in the midst of a heavy-duty project uh, that is consuming my time and, and, and stressing me out. All those things don't matter. The only thing that matters is I admit I'm powerless over food, I know my life is unmanageable as a result, and I believe that God can restore me to sanity if I do the work. That is the only, those are the only things I need in order to recover. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Kim G., it is your turn, followed by Amanda B. Good morning. Good morning, Mara. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. It is not the matter of giving that is in question, but when and how to give. That often makes the difference between failure and success. The minute we put our work on a service plane, the alcoholic commences to rely upon our assistance rather than upon God. I have to tell you, that, that, that confused me because I was told step 12 was service. So what are they talking about here? You know, the way I think about it is what is my job as a recovered woman to still suffering? When I offer to help someone with this book, I'm helping them to find, find God instead of me trying to play God. I'm trying to help them find a relationship with God through the 12 steps instead of a relationship with me. You know, am I investing more in this work than my sponsee is? That's usually a bad sign. You know, I, I work with a lot of people, and when I first get on the phone with someone, I ask them what page we're on, and a lot of times when they don't know, I, I get worried for them. Because how invested can you be in the work if you don't even remember what page we were on when we last studied together? So I just wanted to give an example from my own life of how I kind of approach sponsoring. You know, my father, um, when I was 17, I got my driver's license. That's when you get it in Jersey. And it was, I had it for a couple months, and I was working at a department store, and I had a flat tire when I came out. And it was pouring rain, and I'm in this little gutty sack, you know, dress, and my dad comes, and what he does is he holds an umbrella above me as in the pouring rain, I have to change the tire. I was so embarrassed as I heard, saw people coming out of the department store giggling at me. And when I got home, I was yelling at him and railing at him, and, and he looked at me very quizzically. He said, Kim, my job as a father is to become unnecessary. And I, that so hit me. And that is how my father raised me. He raised me so that I would have the skill set that whether he was there or not, I would be okay. And that's how I figure sponsoring. My job as a sponsor is to become unnecessary. And I have to tell you, for many years in Overeaters Anonymous, I approached sponsoring as my job was to manage their life, even though I admitted in step three that I cannot manage my own life and I need a higher power. So this paragraph is so essential to me. As a recovered person, I am trying to help someone get a relationship with a higher power, not a relationship with me. And with that, I pass. 
Thank you, Kim G. Amanda B., it's your turn, followed by Harlan Hi. G. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, this is Amanda B. in Toronto, Amanda Canada. B.? Can you hear me? Amanda hello? Yes, hello. Hello? Oh, can you hear me? Is this Amanda? Yeah, it's Amanda. I can hear you. Yes, go ahead. Sorry. Okay, great. Hi, I'm Amanda B. in Toronto, Canada. And um, I'm going to make this short and sweet. The line that sticks out for me is burn into the consciousness of of someone. Sorry, everybody, my baby's in the background. Um, that they can get well. And, I, you know, I get many of burns when I'm cooking and things like that. And they're permanent and they scar. And I want to burn that into my consciousness that I can get well if I place my dependence upon a higher power versus upon anyone else. Uh, yesterday, somebody let me down and my sponsor said, great, because it just shows you your dependence. It, be, being upset about that shows you your dependence is still on those people. If they like me, I'm going to be okay. And with my sponsors, it's the same thing. I'm, I'm not their friend. I'm, I'm there to try to help them grow spiritually and just to actually share my experience. I can't even control whether they grow spiritually or not. I love that line, job or no job, life or no life. And I think about it all the time, whatever my circumstances are, kid or no kid, bus or no bus, blah, 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 because it doesn't matter. It's this or that. As long as I keep placing my dependence upon God and not upon other people or whatever else my addiction is choosing at that point, then I will get well. I will get well. I will grow spiritually. I will have something to give to other people. And I will be able to share that experience, strength, and hope um, as I do now. So thank you so much. I, I feel very grateful to be part of this program. And thank you, Amanda B. It is your turn. Am I up? Harlan G. Okay, because <laughs> you said Amanda. Okay. I'm Harlan G. I'm a comp- I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I'm headed for Newark, New Jersey early this morning. Thank you, Maura, for your service. Thank you to Team Wednesday for making this magnificent meeting possible. I grew up as a very lazy, very jealous, very entitled, very insane kid. And the way my brain worked is this way. You show me what you are going to do for me, and then I'll think about what I'm going to do. You're going to make the first move. And I stood there with God in a showdown, and I said to God, waving my fist with a chip on my shoulder as big as Illinois, I stood there and said, make me thin, get me a girlfriend, bring me money, bring me a new car, bring me this, bring me that, and then I'll recover. And I got fatter and fatter and fatter and more broke and more dysfunctional by the second. And then one day... A very, very wonderful man very roughly and rudely pointed out this paragraph to me. And he said to me, you're going to have to make the first 50,000 moves. And then you'll see where you are and you won't believe it. 
one of my favorite lines, one of my favorite sentences in the big book is after clamoring for this and that, and can't do this and can't do that, can't master it, nonsense. If it was a Yiddish book, it would be narishkeit, foolishness, craziness, mishagas. This is mishagas, that's craziness, to think that God's going to give me this, and God's going to give me that, and God's going to bring me this, and then I'm going to recover? Uh-uh, doesn't work that way. Burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that he trusts in God and clean house. That means I'm going to have to do the work. And then, when I started doing the work and continued to do the work, all the things that God brought into my life dwarfed the things that I wanted. My life is rich today. My life is fulfilled today. My life is wonderful. My life is a life worth living today. Because God had the final word, and it was better than anything I could have ever imagined. I had to test God and trust God enough, and then he came through in spades. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. So to those who have come late, we are on page 97, second paragraph, starting with We Seldom Allow an Alcoholic. We read through five paragraphs, and we ended on page 98 with the second paragraph, ending in trust in God and clean house. And who would like to share on Larry? Reading? Lisa B. From Boston. Larry. Oh. Somebody in Boston, was that Katie G? Katie, yeah, Katie G, Maura. Lisa B. Lisa B. Did I hear Barbara E? You did. Okay. There was someone else I missed. Okay, I've got Larry G. I'm sorry? Janice B. Janice B. Yeah. Okay. Let's end there because I'm not sure if we're going to get everybody. This is who I have. Larry K., Katie G., Lisa B., Barbara E., and Janice B. Larry K., would you get us started, please? Sure, more. Thanks so much. Uh, Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Yeah, um, you know, you tell me, the big book tells me that it's nonsense. You know, I got to trust God and clean house. But you know what? The only thing that made me feel good was the, either the anticipation of a pizza or stuffing my face, you know, a pizza coming or stuffing my face with a pizza. So you tell me that, but that's not my experience. But guess what? I had a bias. I had a cognitive bias. My judgment was wrong, but it felt right. You're telling me to trust God, and how do I trust God? I don't even know who God is or if I believe in God. So how, how am I going to trust in God? Well, here's how. You work the steps. That's how you trust God. If you already have a, uh, if you already have a, a deep, profound theological foundation, wonderful. You're, maybe you're ahead of the game. I don't know. Maybe not. But trust God, clean house, help others. Well, trust God. How am I going to trust God? I'm going to work the steps. I'm going to feel the fear of it not working, right? Isn't that what we fear? That it's not going to work for me because I'm not like you. That's why I keep overanalyzing 
how it worked for you because I want to determine in my mind that it's not going to work for me because you're, I'm different. Guess what? You're not. If you have the twofold nature of this disease, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, you're one of us. And only a spiritual awakening, only a, sorry, only a spiritual awakening is sufficient to drive out the obsession. You want to try another way? That's okay. If I sound aggressive in my message, I'm sorry. I love you, and I don't mean I'm, I'm no I'm not a know-it-all. It just worked for me. It's just been working for 80s plus years. I don't know. Try it. Prove that it doesn't work. Follow it precisely. That's how you're going to trust God and prove that it doesn't work. That's what I tried to do, and guess what? It worked. And God has changed my life in profound ways. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Katie G, it's your turn, followed by Lisa B. Good morning, Maura. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Good morning, my friends. This is Katie G, Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic in Boston, Mass. Really grateful for the opportunity to hear all of you. I mean, a couple things come up for me, right, as a recovered woman today. I still come back to this line, and I actually was recently suggested to read these pages um, every day, and I keep hearing, job or no job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop eating so long as I place my dependency on my husband coming home on time, my colleagues doing the right thing, right? Like I get disturbed when people don't do what I want to do. But if I'm dependent on God, then I don't have to be disturbed because it doesn't matter. And I get to show up and make really humbling amends to people about my behavior because I still can like to say, well, you know what, unless this day is going to be a stellar day, I'm not okay, right? Or, you know, I do it, um, I can think certain people in program, if I can get that one person, like, you know, that one person who just did that recovered tape and it was a Sunday special edition and they were superstars. And you know what? We all are superstars on this line this morning. You know why? Because we're all up and thank you, God, we're abstinent, God willing, you know. And, and, it, and the thing is, it doesn't matter, right? Like no human power. Like if Larry Kay reached over right now and said, KDG, here you go, you're going to be recovered, you know, the rest of your life. Larry, I love you, but you can't do that, right? So it helps me remember, like we're all on this line and we all have clay feet, None of us is, you know, we're all carrying really wonderful messages that are that are unique for each of us, but I can't, but just because you, you, you carry it doesn't mean that I don't have to trust God and clean house. Like, I still have to show up and do the work, and as a sponsor, it's my job to put her hand in God's hands, right, and to make the decisions that she needs to make with God. And in the beginning, you know, there's a lot of, for me, there's a lot of God with skin on. There's a lot of people saying to me, you know what, Katie, you asked me for help. You called me, and I have, I'm recovered in this area. So you can quit, you can continue to question me and whatever, but like, I'm going to guide you in terms of what, of what it is I do, you know, and, and as I move forward, what I'm finding is my, my personal work, my personal journey is moving into a path of spiritual consideration and being in a place where people can say things to me, and this is brand new, right? So people can say things to me, and it may not be true, 
Like I don't have to agree just because they've offered that because, you know, someone reminded me this morning, like I need to focus on my relationship with God and getting bigger in my recovery. And and then I don't, you know, I don't need everybody and somebody's unmuted. Guys, I don't need it. I don't need you to mute your phone to be okay today. And uh, I'm just going to continue showing up one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. And unless you are Lisa B, please make sure that your phone is muted. Thank you. Lisa B, it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Good morning. This is Lisa B, a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Thank you for your service. The line that jumps out for me, which is what a lot of us have been sharing on, he clamors for this or that, claiming he cannot master alcohol. And, you know, I do that today still as a recovered person. Um, Sometimes I have this lurking notion um, that people, places, and things are going to make me okay. Um, The other thing that I do is I worship fear. And I can worship uh, dishonesty and self-seeking. I can worship... um, ideas and old ideas and just values that I have in my mind, attitudes, instead of my higher power, I don't always want to part from those old things. And I clamor for this or that. I clamor for this or that, claiming that I can't master life. I can't be happy and whole with just this God thing. There's a part of me that sometimes goes back into that old place of that it's something outside of me that is going to fix me, whether an expert in some field or a new new something. And, you know, I have to sometimes go through almost a grieving process. I heard someone say there's claw marks on everything that I've had to let go of. And it seems that that's, that's the case for me. I sometimes go to this place or don't tell me it's just about me being average. It's just about me relying on God and resting in my higher power. There is that part of me that doesn't want it to be that. And my higher power lets me go off on that tangent. And then I can get into a lot of pain. And then I always end up coming back. But I notice that those times apart is happening uh, for shorter and shorter periods of time. And the uh, depth and growth that I'm getting with my higher power is bringing me, you know, more and more joy and peace. And then I'm able to carry that to others. And that's why I need to constantly be working with someone new. I need to be in this book going through the third step with them so that I'm recommitting in my third step with them. I need to hear the doctor's opinion over and over as we're reading it together of that I am not like the average person. I'm different in my body and my mind because I have this forgetter. And I am used to wanting to live life apart from this God, this higher power that I have. That's how I lived. But, you know, the truth is I was never apart from God. God has always been there. I was the one that had turned my back. And now I know that that's a... a, frightening place that all the things come back, the pain comes back when I start to try and live apart from God. So it says he clamors for this or that. And that's what I can do, like I've heard everyone share. And it's so nice to know that I'm just like you guys. I am just like you guys. I'm in the right place. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Barbara E., it's your turn, followed by Janice B., Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful meeting. They're all wonderful meetings. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey, looking forward to the convention. 
I loved what I heard today. Uh, my job as a sponsor is to become unnecessary, trust in God, clean house, and then the add-on, help others, even though it wasn't said in this reading. It's so true. Each time I began a new diet, it failed me. Notice I didn't say I failed. I said it failed. The silver bullet was faith. My, the only way I could recover was a spiritual awakening. That was enough for me. I had to learn to trust in a God of my own devising. I was asked to write a job description of what I needed my personal higher power to be. Once I defined it and accepted it and prayed for the willingness and was ready to rely on this higher power and willing to do the work, 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 I began to recover. What I heard today is there's no special sponsor needed. I'm always so worried that I'm doing it right. There's no wrong as long as we follow the clear directions. And as a teacher, I know that every person out there is different. But as long as we want to recover, have the will to recover, it will happen for us and it will happen for everyone who's willing, willing, willing. Rarely have we seen a person fail. That's the joy of this. Have a blessed day, everyone, as you wing your way or drive your way to Newark. Be safe. See you on Friday. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. Janice B., it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is Janice B., compulsive reader in Vermont. And oh, I'm placing my hand in God's hand and um, opening my mouth <laughs> and taking an action. And um, and that's what that's that's what this is is saying to me. We simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence on other people ahead of dependence on God. And um, for me, what I thought of this morning when I read this was um, do not stop drinking and do not stop eating and do not stop feeling restless, irritable, and, and discontent. Um, when I'm placing dependence on people, places, and things to be the way I want them to be, you know, to get what I want, um, clamoring for this or that, um, my job, my job is to, um, to have courage, to, to seek guidance, from my higher power, and then to have the courage to um, and trust to um, take an action on that guidance. And um, you know, compulsive overeating is a disease, and um, and and food is but a symptom. It's a spiritual. It, it's it's. It's a spiritual disease, you know. It's like, um, and the 
the remedy for that is um, a higher power um, inside of deep down inside of me, not not um, what I want other people to be thinking of me or not to be found in the answers of my sponsor, but the answers that I connect with deep down inside of myself, which is like where God is. And um, and so I'm placing my hand in God, in God's hand, and I'm depending and trusting and taking actions. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice B. We have time for one share. Um, if someone would like to take that. Vasa O. Vasa, it's yours. Thank you so much for your service, Maura Z. And I'm Vasa, grateful, great, grateful, recovered, compulsive leader from Fox, from Massachusetts. And I just love this reading. Um, uh, he claims for that claiming, oh, no, no, hold on, oh, no job, uh, job or not job, wife or no wife, we simply do not stop drinking so long as we place dependence upon other people ahead of dependencies on God. Turn the idea into the conscientious of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. And I remember thinking, you know, in the old times, uh, if... Um, uh, if my life gets better, then I, I would be happy. If I put the food down, I'd be happy. And yes, I was very, very happy. But I needed to find a power greater than myself because I tried to put down food for, for 25 years. I couldn't. And that's the idea and to the conscientious of every man that he can get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that the, if trust in God and claim house. And uh, I would have rather eat than work the program, but I didn't want to die. So I took the chance and I took the risk to surrender, you know. And I said, God, I cannot do this by myself. Please help me. And that was only the beginning. I didn't know food addiction was a disease. I didn't know food was spiritual disease. I didn't know any of that stuff. I learned it right here. So I'm just so grateful. And that's what I do in sponsees. My job is to lead them to a power greater than themselves because that's the way I was led from my sponsor. She didn't want me to be dependent dependent on her. It stressed to me everything I was going through. Where is God? Are you praying to God? Of course, I get on my knees. That's the, that's the way I choose to do it because I wanted to humble myself. And this is the only way that has worked for me. I never, never thought I would have an amazing life that I have today. So it's worth it, you know, whether you're a newcomer or, come, or just coming back. It's worth it. It's, you know, just follow the direction. It's so easy, so simple. I never thought it was so easy. My mind was always complicated. This is the only way. Follow the direction. Follow the recipe. For me, put the food down, Vasa, and then clean house and help others. This is my mission. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
Thank you, Vasa. It is now 7.55, and we've come to the end of our meeting. Um, thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And today's share ID is, for this 7 a.m. meeting, 10417. 10417. And um, we would like to uh, close now with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And uh, Deb W., would you read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, this is Deb W., recovered in Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Uh, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give free of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.